Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We're broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee, who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. Also, big thank you to Justin Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, for his contribution, his time, and his music for our intro and outro. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween, horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, and it can be found anywhere that good music can be found, such as Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and the list goes on. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, uh, who's the artist behind all of our banners and thumbnails and all that fun stuff. So check him out on Instagram and on Facebook. Has a lot of commission pieces and he's got a lot of pieces ready to go. And also basically specify or specializes in horror themed genres. So check him out. So tonight, guys, <laughs> uh, we are having a little oh, bubbles are back in the house, yeah. Yay. And uh, and I'm in the new house, and I'm echoing like I'm in, like I'm in a tin can. So we gotta fix that. It crazy. doesn't sound bad, actually. You sound better than the studio. Bum, 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 bum. Really? The yeah. studio is horrible. I know. I need light. Sorry. I'm gonna play with it tomorrow. <laughs> Um, we're going to be talking about scariest experiences and I've told people to go ahead. I'm going to actually put this up so people can, um, can go ahead, hold on. And, uh, this is, this is who that the email you're going to want to contact. Okay. Um, Bradley Monks is going to come on in a little bit and, um, Wayne has put something up for us to read and we thought, okay, you know how many times people say to us, Oh, I want to come on and tell my story. And they have an opportunity to, and wait, what? No. So snooze you lose. <laughs> you know, here we thought we would just do this and boom. So anyway. Yeah. Good evening. Right? I know. So we are going to, um, if you do, you know, have a scary, one of your scariest stories that you want to talk about, uh, we can most certainly do that. I got to get my red bubble back up. Sorry, bubbles. That's okay. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Um, this is the email, and it's also in the show description, which is the outer realm contact at gmail.com. Because we can't just post a link to the studio in the comments. No. <laughs> yeah. So you have to email us and then we can we can go ahead and send you a link. It brings you into the studio and you get to tell your story and answer questions if people have any. So we just thought that would be something nice and different to do. So anyhow, in the meantime, we've got people chiming in. Hello, Dana. Hi. Hello. Tara. Hello. Um, yes, yes, very much so. Aside from this thing here right now. 
Uh, no, it'll get there. You just moved in. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Hello, hello. Thank you, Wayne. Hi, Jessica. And happy birthday again if Marshmallow's listening. It's his birthday today. <laughs> Marshmallow's too funny. Yeah. Well, so you're back. How yes, does it feel? Yes, it feels amazing, especially you see your we talk, but, you know. I know, um, so. I I want to say thank you to everyone who, you know, had amazing positive thoughts and all your messages and thank you for your prayers. My daughter's doing really great. Fantastic. Her surgeon calls her kidney, the, the Mercedes of all kidneys. So Ooh. thank you so much. I want to thank you for all the, the notes and all the messages passed through Michelle. I appreciate all of them. My family is just so humbled by the response was just incredible. The messages. Thank you. Very thank, nice. Thank you so much. So finally, life's starting to get a little bit normal. She's still in isolation. But anyways, when I when I said, oh, I'll be back on the 15th, I had no idea it was a Q&A because I had made all of these promos back before the new year for Michelle. Like, just gave her everything the first week. Yep. So I didn't know. And then I said, oh, my God, it's a Q&A. <clears throat> I was just like, oh, this is the, just the best time to slide in. I know. And it's also um, relaxing. It, it's very relaxing. And mm -hmm. when I saw the subject matter and you said, well, the scariest thing, I was just saying to Michelle before we came on live, well, that one's not an easy one with us because we're constantly working. So mm -hmm. It's thank you. Thank you, everybody in chat. Thank you, Clint. Yes, it, it's, I don't know. You don't know what the scariest moment is. Scariest? Okay, well, even, because um, we'll start with you. So, yeah, scariest. Like, even before you started working with me. Oh, before, <laughs> um, well, it was working with you was that one time we were in that house. I mean, that was pretty scary to lose yourself on the middle of a staircase. Um. I don't know. I think the scariest moment for me, it would have to be when two things, when I was scratched and when my family is touched. Mm. If my family's affected, that's, that's going to worry me because I'm not always there to mm -hmm. sense it or see it. And that's, I know you've been through that in the mm -hmm. most severe way anyone can. Mm -hmm. Um, that one's a big one for me, but the first time that I was ever affected personally would be the first time I was scratched. And I knew that I was delving into something that I had no right being in. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that would have to be my first one. And I literally felt that from the inside of my skin out, but there's so many, it's hard to remember all of them. When it you is. do this kind of work, it, there's a well, lot. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, it starts off from like maybe think back to one of your very first ones. I'm just going to put this out there, guys. The email is sc scrolling across the screen. If you have a scary tale you want to tell, I mean, we're going to be going in order. Once Amelia and I are done, we're going to bring Bradley Monks on. Uh, well, before I bring Bradley on, I'll I'll, I'll relay Wayne's story because it's in chat, and then you know we'll bring Bradley on to talk about his experience which was pretty wild. And then we can, if anybody else wants to come in, you have to email us, we'll watch for it and go from there. Um, so why don't you start off with maybe the first one that really unnerved you, Amelia? Oh, that would be living here. Moving mm -hmm. here from mm -hmm. Toronto, moving here and um, not knowing anyone. And at the time 
we were really in the middle of nowhere. Like there wasn't the way it's built up now didn't mm-hmm. exist. I would have right. to drive 25 minutes to go grocery shopping. It's not like now I could walk to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say feeling like I just walked into the exorcist house. Hmm. So what, what gave it that feeling for you? Oh, because wow. I mean, being intuitive is one thing, but I mean, ha- having something that makes you feel like that. Physical you know? signs and people telling you that it's just because it's a new build. So in, and even <clears throat> though I was, in, I'm intuitive and I, I was gifted and I knew that then I didn't know much about the dark side of things other than what mm-hmm. I saw in the movies, the internet was not around. Mm-hmm. I'm aging myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like it wasn't around until my daughter was about two. Right. It, mm-hmm. it was all the signs of, you know, Amityville. I had the loads and loads of flies. I had the banging. I had the scratching. Mm-hmm. And they would say to me, oh, we just built the house. It's newly built. There could be a mouse in the wall because you're in the middle of the country. And it could have mm-hmm. been in there from build. And I'm like, okay, well, right. I can tell you they don't screech their nails across above your head. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that finding you know, mm. hundreds of flies in a room dead is not normal. Yeah, um, normal. I don't care how often the doors are open. That is not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, smells are not normal. Every, all the classic signs, just, it was like something was knocking on me saying, wake up, mm-hmm. you know, we need you. We need you yeah. to, to, you know, deal with this and and read this it was i just kept closing my eyes to everything and this was the biggest wake up call right, right i would have to say that you know that's one of the times i was the most afraid because i was in this house alone you know six days mm-hmm. a week most of the time by myself no friends mm-hmm. no nothing <clears throat> and all i had were walls surrounding me it was newlywed moving things around you're setting up your house so every mm-hmm. little sound gets your attention just like i'm sure if there's a sound in your house now you're in a new home you're gonna notice it because it's not something you're used to mm-hmm. and well, uh it's so much more quiet than the manor was that house is very quiet my dog's <laughs> crying because he can't get the bed the way he wants it <laughs> yeah. um you know it yeah, there was a lot of stuff like that. Voices, shadows were a big thing for me. Um, the the well, Michelle knows this. The War of 1812 was, you know, in my backyard. So mm-hmm. I had to deal with that. I dealt with soldiers. <clears throat> I have photographs with where you can catch pieces of visuals in them mm-hmm. in the in the bushes, and there's nothing behind the bushes. There's no homes, mm-hmm. no lights. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was one hell of a lesson. I can tell you. I had come in to bless mm-hmm. the house. I was raised Roman Catholic, and um, he was a sensitive, and he mm-hmm. had told me. And uh, he wouldn't come past my foyer. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, it's like the movie. It, the, that's what went through my head was the Amityville. Not to that extreme, but the... The, all those signs, you know, all mm. the classic signs that you see in the movies. It wasn't in the movies. It was and in of course, life, you feel real life. Family more than for yourself too, right? Like, well, at the time, I feared for myself because I was by myself. <laughs> right, every man for himself. So I was. Good. Well, it was yeah. just me here, right? It was just right. me. Yeah, I'm, I was alone right. all the time. But um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's when you have kids, then you have that huge fear. Do what mm-hmm. I do to help other people? Is it going to hurt my kid? That's a big one that we face all the time when we're helping people. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I can get abrupt or short if Michelle always says there's two parts of an equation. It's us helping you and you helping yourself. And if I mm-hmm. find that you're constantly, continually delving into this stuff, I'm going to have a hard time to mm-hmm. put that at risk. We're, we're both. That's would, a really you know? big one. I yeah. don't think people realize, like for two decades I've done this, I've had things happen to my family. I've had things follow yeah. me home <clears throat> and I've seen pretty horrific things. Um, but we take that chance. It's, I think people become very accustomed to having that safety net and we never mind helping anybody. You know, I, 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 like I said, I've spent 20 years helping people, but it's really yeah. frustrating when somebody keeps putting themselves in harm's way. I mean, some people are just targets period, yeah. but if, if you keep putting yourself in harm's way and you want to keep you know, playing with things that maybe not everybody's meant to do it, you know, I, I, and as investigators, you know, we help a lot of our colleagues and, and, and I always have, and I'm happy to do it, but not everyone is meant to do it. Sometimes, you know, people go in, they're very unnerved, they're very frightened, and, and there are things out there that know it, and they're going to target you, and they're going to take advantage of it. You know, family yeah. is, is we, we take those chances, you know, I, I, I've had my, my daughter get affected losing her sight. She oh, lost God. her sight. Yeah. That would keep me Because of it. something that I did. And I know this because she went through every test under the sun. You know, we had her psychiatrist, psychologist. We had her MRI. We had her under CAT scans. We had her go through eye specialists. I mean, they went through everything, through her head, through her eyes, everything. Yeah. And it took my family doctor saying, hey, have you worked on anything lately? Because thankfully he was very open-minded. And I went, oh my God, yeah. And you know what? As soon as I acknowledged it, and you know, thankfully we weren't meant to go back. We weren't supposed to go back anyway. It, it was it was dealt with. Um, literally by the next day she could see. Right? Like I can't imagine as a mother going through that. And I, I, I'm afraid to say or think it because you know what you think and say comes back at you. So if you put that challenge out there and say, I would never do that because Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle it. Let me tell you something. If they think that you have any strength and you can fight them, Mm -hmm. they will affect you in that way that you fear most so that you do back off. Remember that. Yeah. Fully aware. Very aware of what frightens you. I'm careful at all times. That, that experience humbled me in a way and it set precedence for how I moved forward in assisting people and investigating from that point on. And this was very early days when this happened. This I, this happened like year two, and I've been at it almost 20 years. And it set precedence. It never yeah. went back to any other way. It's easy because because I'm pretty fearless, always have been. She is. I can anybody who that. anyone who's worked with me are just like, good grief. I'm like I don't know. Maybe I'm fearless. Maybe I'm just a meathead. But I'm a big, no. I'm a big believer in mindset, and I just won't give it to it. And I never bank on on something infiltrating my personal space and affecting my family. You, and it happens. No, we've been working together for four years now. Mm. 
We met in 2018. We started working it together in 2019 because it was the end of the year. And I honestly and truly believe that I've never done this work with anyone because I never trusted anyone. And Mm -hmm. I do trust Michelle. Michelle will be the first one to pull me back. Mm you know, because sometimes you get wrapped up in a vision and you can get drawn in very easily and you need someone working with you. It. I don't feel that working alone in this field is a good choice. No, it's always good, you know, to have somebody, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, two sets of eyes are better than one. Um, Dana wants to know, do you say a prayer so spirit doesn't follow? No, I ground my energy though. I don't necessarily say prayers. Um, not that I haven't, I guess. It depends on really what I'm working with. You know, it depends a lot on the mindset of the family I work with. Because if they're very, very, um, you know, religious, let's say, then yeah, because that's what empowers them. And sometimes they want to pray with you. I just like to ground my energy. I'm a firm believer in grounding your energy, working with frequencies and vibrations, uh, you know, binaural beats, things like that. And and it really does help a lot. And it's a more, uh, to me, I, won't, I don't want to say the word logical. I just want to say um, it's just something else a lot of people can actually relate to. I mean, some people aren't, they don't, they, they just, they're not, they don't have a, any sort of faith. But you know, if funny you don't enough, even something it's not going to work. Well, that that's just it. And funny enough, because I mean, I've seen people become some believers. Let me tell you what: after having things, um, you know, after having things happen. So yeah. But I mean, I think that I mean that for me, the scariest thing was watching and realizing that I wasn't impenetrable and that my family um, could be affected. I could have all the faith in myself that I wasn't going to be affected but I didn't bank on the fact that my family could be, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in cases with some, you know, in really vulnerable situations with some really hardcore things like being in Romania, the haunted forest, that thing was, that thing was completely out of your element. And I'm not afraid to say no matter how many years I've been doing this, I wasn't scared at all, not at all, but I was completely out of my element because it's not a controlled space when you're outside someplace like that, it's not in control space. You're, you're in a place that, that has portals. You're in a place that has QFO activity. You're in a place that has a whole lot of stuff going on. And you don't know what what's going to come out of those woods. It's ancient, ancient land up there. Ancient. Yeah. I think, I think all of that was preparation for you to be able to do what you do now. So... Um, Hi, Lynn. How are you, darling? She writes, I've never been scared, but got hit by an energy that knocked me on my butt. I think a lot of us have had that Um, experience when you're up against something really dark. Um, And you don't even have to be, let me tell you something. You do not have to be at the location for that Mm -hmm. to happen. No, you do not. Um, You know. I'm going to read um, Wayne's in parts here because uh, he gets yep. cut off from YouTube. So Wayne says, my experience was being held down in bed one night, couldn't move or take a breath. My cat was freaking out. There was a huge black figure in the corner that filled the entire space floor to ceiling. I was able, finally able to break loose and the cat and I bolted from the bedroom. Stood the kitchen, We stood in the kitchen and the cat was hissing as I stared into the bedroom. 
I slowly went back into the room looking for whatever it was. The room was cold, and as I came around the corner of the canopy bed, I noticed something up in the crown molding. At first, I thought it was two large moths that are somewhat common in the area, but then I really took it in. There were actually two orange globes with black slits in the middle, and you realize that because they blinked. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the point they blinked in unison at me. I was freaked. I screamed for whatever it was to get out, that it wasn't invited and it didn't belong here. And in that moment, uh, they both vanished. Um, I spent the rest of the night in the living room sitting in a chair with the cat. We stared there until the sun came up. I tried calling my bestie <laughs> multiple <laughs> times that night, but none of the calls made it. It's true because yeah. I keep my phone on 24-7. And, you know, he, he could have at any point, I mean, he called and called. I woke up in the morning. That phone never went off once, never rang once because he was calling, texting. Say, right? That morning I had a whole slew of messages and voice messages. And I was just like, what the hell just happened? So if you want the full story, you can catch it. I believe it's on season three of Paranormal Survivor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay, we're getting into some more... Okay, here's, this is actually a good one here, too. You want to go ahead? Sure, thank you. Hi, Colette. Colette says, I've had a lot of things happen in my house, things moving, etc. but that was caused by me, PK manifestation. So that's psychokinesis. Mm -hmm. I was going through a bad time grieving when my mom passed away, but everything is okay now. I am a spiritualist uh, medium. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's nice. a big one. It, we incur a lot. It is a big one. I mean, psychokinesis, how many times have you heard Amelia and I talk about this? It's easier for someone to think there's a demon in the house or something really malevolent than it is for them to realize that yeah. we're pretty powerful individuals and can project things, you know? We're amazing mm -hmm. people. Always remember that. <laughs> Want to get that one? <laughs> Hi, Tamara. Uh, Tamara says, even the most seasoned people have stuff show up. Even when you just live your life, being a light in the swamp is the best description of being sensitive to the paranormal. A very good mm -hmm. description. Mm -hmm. Very good. Hi, Dana. I found my 30-year experience is just don't be afraid. 100%. It's truly hard and effed up sometimes, but you can't give evil that advantage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like definitely i find it funny as in strange when people have a haunting and they need to take their hh back and they're not strong enough to say mm. leave my house get the f out, just out make me. yeah, yeah mm. i don't do the cursing uh, we can't no Are, we're on fm <laughs> no no i'm saying in that in oh, that situation yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't i don't um mm -hmm. that's not me but if it works for you yeah uh, sometimes everything needs to have its butt handed to it. Um, yeah. Hold on. Michael, we're going to be talking about the PSYOPs or UFO situations and everything that's going on on tomorrow night's show with Joe Montaldo yeah. in the news. And we're going to be there. Um, okay. So here we go. Yeah, we'll be we'll be on that tomorrow. Hi, yeah, we'll Zach. be. We'll, the whole show will be just about that. Yeah. Exactly. Hi, Zach. I had a similar experience to Wayne's when I lived in Tempe. I was held down one night in my bed and heard something growling at me. I told this being to get out and felt something lift off me. Very creepy, but cool. That's, yeah, that's... There yeah. is nothing yeah. 
more chilling to me than a growl and you know it's within inches of your head. Right. That is something I've experienced. I can tell you it is startling and chilling. It 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 would it put is. anybody on their feet. Like literally just like, oh, that was creepy. We were on the phone once That's working. So and it it was like not yeah. even, I swear to you, like here. And it yeah. just this growl and I'm like, you don't ever get used to it. The first time it happened to me, I, it came through the phone and I really didn't know how to react. The best I could come up with was potty mouth. I went, you're a potty mouth. Because it called me an F and C mm. word. Like, oh. See you next Tuesday <laughs> word. Yes. I was just like, oh. <laughs> just really mortified. Of, you know, being called a name more than anything. And then it was all growling. And, and I was just like, okay, man, whatever. But I'll tell you something. Um, you, you don't you don't really get used to it. No. It takes a long time. I mean, the last time it, I had something really go at me, I was I was in my ensuite. I was coming out. I was on my way to help a family. We had a you know, consultation, and I was on my way to to meet with them, and something growled at me, and it was like right in my space. And all I all I remember doing because again. After a while, you just realize it's it's your mindset. Just don't give up the fear, whether you fear it or not. Keep it to yourself as best you can. So I just grabbed my purse and I walked out and I said, I'll see you in an hour, mister. And I just kept going. That's literally what I said. <laughs> and I just kept going. I'm like, I'm not giving it to you. And I'll tell you, that thing wreaked havoc in that family life. And I'm sure it had a hand in a few things that went on in my yeah. house after that. I, Guaranteed. I, I don't think that, I mean, sometimes, I, I mean, I do say provoking is bad, and of course it is. I, I believe that your response has to be justified by knowing what you are going up against, not knowing and provoking or, or freaking out. Mm. You could just be putting fuel on the fire. That's all I mean when I say I wouldn't handle it that way is only because I need to know what I'm up against. First of all, I wouldn't handle anything without Michelle. <laughs> um, I forget where I'm pointing. Yeah, I'm trying to, because everything's backwards here with Apple. Yeah. But, you know, like I, yeah. I wouldn't do anything on my own, but I mean, I would, that's not, I don't know. I just know instinctively not to, react to something that way which is not in my personality at all i'm very um mm. knee-jerk with my temper but when it comes to this it's almost an instinct inside of me that's like well slow down mm -hmm. what it's, is this easy you you just have to be very firm yeah. but not i don't believe in being disrespectful but for mm. me that's what i would say to anybody it's like nope i'll see you in an hour mister get my first keep going that's yeah. it that's just how I react. That's how I handle things. And I've had a lot of success. But that's me. Yeah. You know, that, that's, a, that's me. That's me having control of what's going on in here. And yeah. that took a long, long time to get there, to not like having a good poker face sort of thing, I guess, is probably, you know, the best way to describe it. And just trying my darndest to just keep all of that to myself, mm -hmm. you know. This is something I, for my grandfather because you can feel it. Just don't show it and just try yeah. to forge ahead, which is exactly what I, I did.
It's really good. I had a good thing happen today just before I read Tamara's. I was getting um, water out of the truck, like cases of water. And my garage door has a ha habit of just closing the one that, you know, when you're going to the house. Right. And I'm like, oh, come on. Can you just please hold the door? <clears throat> I walk through and they're like, thank you very much. That's <laughs> it, exactly. Because I kept closing and much. I'm holding the case and I can't open the doorknob to turn it to get in. And I'm like, thank you. That's so, it. You know, it's not all bad. Not Tamara, all bad. there is no way you have 57 years. You were, Are you talking about two lifetimes? <laughs> she is way too young for that. Tamara says, my 57 years of the paranormal, it taught me that you are always learning things and you cannot pigeonhole what it is. It may not be what you think. Just, sorry, think just break ground and don't be afraid to ask for help. Oh yeah, never be afraid to ask mm -mm. for help. Better yet, don't go down that road if you can avoid it. No, no, no. Um, Colette says, I've caught a lot of VVPs and they are very clear. I've caught them in work and at home. I don't do them all the time. Yeah, it's not always a good idea to do them at home. <clears throat> it's something that, that we don't do. Um, You're not old. Lorraine, I remember Lorraine Warren saying to me, one of the worst cases that she's ever done came from a family member, you know, of this of, of, of the people that were helping doing EVPs at home. And I also worked with a couple of people who ended up in a really bad place because they were doing EVPs in their home. And in this one situation, her husband had passed away and she got a really vile EVP. And she asked me, you know, got a hold of me. And, and luckily we were in the same town. So I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. And she played it for me and it was this growling thing that came out hissed and called her vile things she goes i need to know if that's my husband i'm like did he like you i don't think this is him because yeah. it was terrible and um and it took she wouldn't stop it became so addictive and the house got worse and worse and worse and it took us at least a year <gasps> to stabilize it and just to get her to stop doing it and i, I oh. think she was continuing she was continuing and another um another family we assisted it was with a pendulum and again, and again, both situations were um, in grieving because mm -hmm. the second family, um, her mom was a medium and would work with a pendulum and she was very good at it. And after she passed, one of the daughters, and we're talking an adult daughter here, um, would, would try to communicate with her mother via the pendulum. And something, of course, came in, which sometimes, I mean, they will. Well, sometimes people who are grieving look for signs and they're so desperate for one that they don't necessarily realize, like they'll take whatever they can get, you know. Um, so, you know, in, in that case, it got it got really bad and it took a lot of work. Like it, it took a lot of work. I mean, about eight months and that family lost everything. That family split up. Um, you know, it was just, it was really horrific. Her health went down the toilet. And this was a woman who worked out every single day and yeah. it just got crazier and crazier. Um, it's not for everyone. No, and call it in both these cases, both people were grieving. Yep. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's, again, it comes down to that whole mind mindset thing. Um, okay. We're going to get up to Zachman. Okay. Mm, Zach says on another friend show, their guest did a spirit box session and whoever was communicating through the box called me out by name. So I had to call into the show, whoever was talking through the box. 
Did you do that? Oh, there we go. Called me a whole slew of insults. <laughs> the most notable one is that they called me a Democrat. <laughs> Somebody's following uh, your oh Facebook, boy. Zach. No joke, uh -oh. that entity was not a fan yeah. of me. <clears throat> no, exactly. Exactly. What I'm going to do now is I'm, I'm going to send Bradley. I'm sending you that link. And then you can come on the show. Just click on the link. Well, Bradley's been on the show before. Um, mm -hmm. He's with Canadian Haunted Expeditions out in the east coast of Canada. And uh, his episode did really well. The archive did really well. He's got so much to talk about. But uh, he had a really interesting experience. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Me? Um. <laughs> Lynn, I love Lynn. Dem Democrat is an insult, huh? No, we're not political on the show. Those were Zach's words. That's right. Um, Tamara says, I don't mess around with um, stuff. EVPs are a type of invitation. I do not recommend this. Actually, Bishop James has been saying that a lot on his show. Mm -hmm. It must be happening a lot because he's constantly having to discuss it when I've clicked by, because you can see him on TikTok right. too. He's on Fridays. Um, I think if he's talking about a lot, so it's got to be happening. Yeah. Well, because you unfortunately know. I think with all of these shows on, there's, I mean, I think if you're seasoned and, and you know what you're doing, you stand a better chance of not having any problems with that. But unfortunately there are a lot of people who watch these shows, including a lot of young people, you know, there's a lot of phone apps you can get and, 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 and people get into trouble because they just don't really know what they're doing. They think, oh, it's something that looks easy, and it is. But I think people mm -hmm. who are seasoned have a little bit of a better chance of knowing what they're communicating with. You know, that being said, I've worked with some very seasoned researchers and mediums uh, get themselves into, um, you know, some, some trouble as well. So I guess it just depends on the person. Like Lynn's had a lot of great activity, I think, or a lot of, of, of good results and no issues, which I think is great. And I think if you've been doing it long enough, you probably know what to look for and what to shy away from. And unfortunately with some people, um, they, they really don't know, you know, they just they don't have the experience to know when they're being fooled or if there's something, you know, malevolent coming in. I think some people just become so enamored with the fact that, holy God, did I just get something? This is like bloody amazing. And then they keep going on yeah, without like giving it much thought. And Bradley, hello. Hi, oh, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> you look good and fresh and amazing and alert. You're an hour ahead of us. <laughs> I'm alert and fresh and I just got done working 11 days straight. So Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you deserve the Darn. time off, Brad. Good Lord. I know, yeah. I know. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you weren't called in or you wanted to come on and tell your story. So tell us about your amazing story. Well, that it, it was amazing. I don't know about amazing, but it was uh, <laughs> definitely an eye-opener for me. I mean, I, you, you know, yourself, Michelle, uh, we known each other for quite a while here, and it, it was uh, – one of the scariest ones I ever had, and it sure made me realize of uh, other things that can happen within the paranormal or investigating the paranormal and stuff. So, you know, not all things are EVPs and shadows and stuff. There's are some places you can go to, like the example, the Ninet Sanatorium in Manitoba I was at. Right. And uh, we were there doing tours and uh, helping people out, doing a little fundraising there. And uh, one of the buildings 
that we were at was actually one of the old children's hospitals for TB patients for kids. Mm. And uh, I had about 40 people up in that building. I had three psychic mediums with me. Um, I was standing next to a ping pong table that was in there and two camera people in front of me. And we were doing an EVP session and had three psychic mediums standing behind me. And all I heard in the background was lookout. And whatever that force was, it shoved the three psychic mediums aside and went right through them, pushed them out of the way to get at me. It never felt like a set of hands, but it felt like an energy force, a big, huge blast. And it felt like it hit me right here. And when it did, it lifted me right off my feet and it threw me right across and I landed on top of that tip ping pong table. Wow, that's crazy. Now, what was what was allegedly in the building? Well, the building itself was a children's ward for tuberculosis. So it was TV kids only in that building. We caught multiple EVPs of little girls saying, hi, come help me. Um, who are you? And I had my name called in there because we were in there like multiple times. And uh, but over in another building which was the adult building that's where mm -hmm. the adult men stayed there was my medium picked up on a gentleman there i i got the sensation of feeling of something there but was kind of keeping its distance but it kind of felt threatening at the same time um just you know you get in a situation where you shouldn't be mm -hmm. um you shouldn't be <laughs> Um, right, right. But that situation there, when we were in the adult building, Lori came up and she said, you need to keep your distance in here. And it's like, okay, why? Mm. Um, when that time of tuberculosis, uh, the First Nations people weren't always welcome. Right. Nor if you went there with tuberculosis, a lot of the times you weren't allowed to come back to your reservations. They disowned you. Wow, so really? Yeah, I found out about it and I actually found out some articles about it. So what it was, was this native fellow here and his family just owned him and they wouldn't come visit him, wouldn't see him. They had nothing to do with him mm -hmm. because now he was mixed in with the white people. So they didn't want nothing to do with him. So they didn't bother with him. Um, what it come to she got out of him was I kind of resemble his father. Mm. And oh, he okay. had a real bad hatred one for his father his father mm -hmm. he got from him was kind of abusive and stuff towards him at way before that time and he had a little bit of hatred on and so um yeah so i, I had a relation he kind of you know picked up i was kind of sort of like him i kind of you know uh, the demeanor of him and everything else and mm -hmm. uh, but yeah he he just did not like me so um Lori's like, you know, he said, you know, Lori kind of tried to get us together and hooked up and get us talk a little bit more, get a little bit more conversation going with him. But he just don't want nothing to do with me. He, he had a hate on for me. Mm -hmm. And um, the rest of the team, they were fine with uh, Lori, Sean, Alden. They were good. He was good with, but me, no. Mm -hmm. um, so the second night we did the investigation that that was on a Friday, Saturday night. We went up the children's building. We were investigating up there. Well, he must have decided he had more of a hate on because that was who came after me. Wow. So <clears throat> your medium, could she not try to move him on? Actually, look, it's the same thing 
Dolly's asking. Dolly's saying, yeah. yeah. She, was, she was standing right there, and he didn't want no part of it. He shoved the third. There was two mediums over to my left side. Lori was standing on my right side. Shannon was there, and he just, like, plowed right through them. Do you the people stood there and watched it and said, like, it was just like somebody went right through and just shoved them right out of the way, and he made a beeline right for me. Wow. And I wonder you, if he had an attachment. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I didn't stick around and find out. I get out. <laughs> no, I mean the spirit. I wonder if that spirit himself yeah. had an, a, an attachment. Well, that's, it could be very well possibility. Um, we tried, like Lori tried working with them to move them on and tried in just the last tour of it. He just didn't want no bother with anybody. But come to find out in future research about this guy, because um, of confidentialities and stuff, I cannot release the name, but we right. did manage to find out about his parents. Right. And his parents are deceased because they were both killed by him. Oh, oh wow. so let me nix the suggestion. I was going to say bring the parents forward to cross him over, but that's not going to happen. That's okay. not going to happen because he both killed them. Yeah. They came down there to visit him, and he killed them there at the place. Jeez. Well, then he had an attachment from life, moved on into death. Now you're hitting on where I think I'm going with this is I think he had an attachment way before then. Even yeah. possibly while he was still living, and mm -hmm. there was an attachment, something going on there, and you know, I mean, with skinwalkers and windigos and different things through through the that belief history, yeah. you never was he know. Living right? in a vortex. Mm -hmm. Very well, could be. Um, like I said, we tried to move him. The only safest place that I could get myself there was on the old chapel grounds. It was so a consecrated ground, and that's the only place that that. I could feel safe. Yeah, you have to you have to follow your gut with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous when so you can't you, see what's coming at you. Did you so I take it you only frequented the location once? Uh no, actually I went back there. Uh oh, for punishment. I went back there like <laughs> probably ten more times. <laughs> ten more times. I think if Michelle could go to Romania ten more times, she would. I went back to that place ten more times, but I did not go to that building. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. And, and he obviously didn't come and seek you out. No, no. He yeah. it just didn't seem like a seeking, but Lori could pick up on like he was watching me very closely. Mm -hmm. At a very far distance, he would be up on the window somewhere watching and see where I'm going to make sure that I didn't come in that direction or whatever else, right? Mm -hmm. um, we would, I would keep down like the old nurses' uh, building was still there on site. Um, mm -hmm. Still there today. It was a three-story building. Um, that was still there. So I would take groups of people down there. We used to do tours there. And mm -hmm. um, I would take groups of people down there. Um, that was an interesting one, too. One night uh, we were down there and uh, uh, there was an old caretaker and we ran into him into the laundry room and Lori picked up on him there. And we had a great conversation with him and I actually got ran the recorder and got EVPs of him basically answering back to what he was telling Lori. And uh, he was kind of a character, a little joking guy. So I had a tour and I asked him, I said, like, you know, would you play a joke on the group I got coming in here tonight? You will see them. I said, when they come in, 
So about 11, 12 o'clock at night, and I said, any time, his name was Harold. I said, any time, Harold, do you want to play that joke? Go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. He played a good joke. He shook that building. I thought, oh, God, there was an earthquake. Yeah. That whole three-story building just shook. Every window rattled in that place. God, <laughs> that's a little crazy. That's crazy. That's a lot of energy. Right there. That is a lot of force right there when you can it deal is. with it. it and uh, it's it's it was it was quite a thing. Like we heard a window get hit and sound like somebody threw a water balloon at it. We went out and looked. There was nobody around the area. We had security cameras set up. We looked at them. Nobody's around. But mm-hmm. it sounded like a huge bang and there was nothing there. Then mm-hmm. shortly after that happened. And yeah, that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. So what? What do you do? Um, do you and your team have like some kind of a of a ritual for grounding or protection or before you go into some of these places? You know, it, I, I see it a lot on a lot of platforms and stuff. And just basically go on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, and people talk about grounding and faith and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I believe faith is what you ever believe in. Is what You know, I could believe in the rock outside is going to be outside. That's what's going to protect me, and that's what it's going to be. But, I mean, my family grew up Pentecostal. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I believe in God and heaven and all that. And, yeah, we will all face judgment probably one day. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, don't don't go with fear. You know, yeah, that, that shook me up a little bit. It, it, I just walked myself out of that situation, and and uh, it's just no different than being in a, in a violent situation. You get yourself out of the situation and make yourself safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, that's what I did. But uh, we used a lot of Tiger's Blood Sage there. We saved anybody and everybody that came to those tours and made sure Mm-hmm. You know, they were good before they left. Um, mm-hmm. We always protected the grounds outside the areas of that place. And, you know, definitely when they drove off the property, you know, nothing was going to go with them or us. So mm-hmm. um, we did everything we could. And some of the advice I got from you, Michelle, too. So it worked. So, uh, you know, I stand by yours as the Bible right there for protection. So. <laughs> Grounding is a big deal. Grounding, I think, is a big deal. Do you find that grounding helps you guys when your team goes out? I mean, we do it. You know, my team has always pretty much done it. Well, I do kind of things a little unorthodox. You know me. I kind of, I I like to push them a little bit to get the activity. I say, you know, take a camera and recorder and start that as soon as you leave, wherever you're going run those cameras, get it, get it. I don't care if something trips you up, fall down flat on your face, get it on camera. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, we, I try not to use protection during investigation. Uh, I tried to experiment a few years ago and we put protection. We started bringing crystals and stones. Some of them did into the investigations and I could watch the evidence drop right off. We did a graph and I could see like ADPs, uh, shadow, everything just Dropped and mm. it felt like the energy backed itself way off, and they didn't want nothing to do with us. But if mm-hmm. I went without that stuff and without the protection, I seem to get a little bit more activity. I find that I get a little bit more EVPs, even good spirits will seem to, you know, um, want to connect with you a little bit more. But definitely protect yourself before you leave. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. 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 Amazing. 
<clears throat> well, thank you for coming on and telling your story. If anybody has any questions for Brad, just chime in and he'll hang with us for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <clears throat> there you yeah, go. Absolutely. Oh, do we have a, sorry, I was yeah, go ahead. on the wrong, wrong page here. Oh. Cece Lapa says, hello, Cece. I feel they have something to do with other dimensions. I actually spoke to one. She's talking, referring to having seen seven spirits. Right. I know. What do you, Brad, what's your take on, well, you're, you're a temporary guest. Why don't you not take that one away? What's that one? Oh, yeah. What was the question again? There we go. We feel that they have something um, to do with other dimensions. She's possibly. referring to the spirits that she's had experience spirits. with. Right. So she's had experience with seven different spirits. Yep. Mm -hmm. There we go. Were they dimensional spirits or are they? Well, that's, what, that's what she's saying. She feels that it's yeah. dimensional. Yeah. I'm not a big on an aliens and, you know, and stuff like that. But um, I, I really haven't had the experience with aliens. But I have had experience with what they call grays, and Michelle knows what I'm talking about there. Mm -hmm. um, I have captured a couple of them on film. Um, I did an investigation in Saskatoon with the lady that had experience with aliens and visitation. Um, I believe there is some kind of connection there, but I think they <clears throat> know a little bit more than we do. Our mm -hmm. understanding of them is not up to par to what they have as knowledge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if they, uh, if the greys or aliens, if they were dimensional peoples, I think they, they were there to take and try to disclose their full selves. I think it'd uh, be a little bit too much for us and too overwhelming. Um, I did a haunting here, right here in New Brunswick, where it went down the family line. It went from the daughter to the mother, from the mother to the grandmother, from the grandmother to the yeah. great-grandmother. Right. Where they had experience with, with aliens, and I—that's the oh, one I yeah. had you help me with. And uh, yeah, it's just—and it, you can't stop it. It's—it's it's still happening to this day. I, I tried everything, and it, does, uh, it doesn't happen very easily with ETs. No, it, it's, it's just, generational. A lot of times, there's a reason, and a lot of times, there's an agreement that's been made before, long before. You know, well, this childhood. is what I'm getting to find out. It could be back to multiple generations within that family that maybe they had a close encounter contact where, you know what, this is going to happen. And, you know, in the future, this is going to happen. And it could be mm -hmm. something like you said, some kind of agreement they might have back then. But uh, it's uh, that's a whole different understanding than more than what we can comprehend, I think, right now. Yeah, she is referring to spirits, though, because she writes the one um, she spoke that spoke <clears throat> passed away in 1860 and could materialize into three dimension, right. then go um, beyond into second dimension, into two dimensions and turn into a shadow. Mm. So that. That doesn't sound like alien. <clears throat> Not that one, no. no. I mean, some people no. believe that ghosts are dimensional bleed-throughs. Yeah. 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 I believe that, too. I think so, too. Um, you know, <laughs> but is... It would have to, with her in that situation, I think I would want to dig down in the history of the location and not mm -hmm. only the the building itself that maybe she in, but maybe something to do with the land or the area within around her. 
So maybe hit her, you know, historical society and try to find a little bit of information and see if, you know, a name or a date or something and try to coordinate something there. Maybe, you know, you might be able to put your finger on it. Cece, can you let us know in the comments, um, unless you'd like to come on, if you can let us know where this happened, that would be quite helpful. Okay. Did this happen in your home or did you, were you mm. on an investigation or were you trying to help someone? Yeah, charming. 1860. It'd be interesting to see what country that happened in as well. Mm -hmm. This is for you. Uh, it's, it's like yeah. in Nova Scotia. Uh, Nova Scotia, there's plenty people claims down there close to Oak Island of uh, seeing apparitions of Templars. Yeah. Now we Go see figure. those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. No. Tamara no. asks, "Have you experienced angelic spirits?" That's for you, Brad. No, I haven't. Ooh. I've Are had, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I've had amazing angelic experiences, yeah. I have to say. I think all you have to do is just just ask for their intervention and you find, you know, for a while it was a lot of little things that were going on. Um, and I thought, wow, pretty pretty amazing. One of these experiences Oh, wow. I, would say probably, I would say probably not like angelic as an angel's wife, but I consider one my angel and uh, I have had visitations with her and um, that's the one that happened in Nova Scotia and Michelle knows that one. And yes. um, yeah. you said she would connect when time comes and it's happened. Oh, um, good. Yeah, yeah, it's happened. It's come across. So. Uh, right. Even right here in the house here, even right in the kitchen here where I'm at, is uh, I see shadows, I see movement go by, or you know, uh, hear tap at the door or some things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's a whole thing with the way you cook something that she opposes to the way you do it. Ooh. Ooh. that's what you're picking up. She has she has something to say, and it's something that you, involves like you're a pot in front of. The, so I hate doing these kind of calls, um, but right. she is like <laughs> relentless. Um, it literally it's something that there's a I can see a lot of vegetables, and it's something that's slow cooked, and you're there and you're tasting, and she's like, "You've got it wrong." Ooh. <laughs> so, what is it? it'll what probably is it? come what to you it? when you're cooking this dish <clears throat> next it's not yeah. something you do often but it is one of those slow cooked comforting meals that right. you my learned from stew. her my base too it didn't turn out Cut up vegetables uh -oh. she was oh, it's just to let you know she was there it's something oh, about no, dried bread. something about dried thyme bread <laughs> yeah i, I yeah know. i know what you're i know where you're hitting at I don't normally do yeah. that. It's just she is so wow. <laughs> yeah, she, she's quite powerful, isn't she? She's strong. She's very strong. Yeah, she was very strong. strong, beautiful, beautiful woman. Very beautiful yeah, woman. Was. Very strong. Um, family oriented, and that was her life. Yeah, uh, yeah. She raised me and named me when 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 I was born. Wow! Wow! Very cool. Beautiful yeah. woman. You were very fortunate. Oh, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, CC says, this happened at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. I was visiting with my mother and sister. They worked there in 1860. The spirit worked there in 1860. Was it? Okay. Well, at least we know it's in the United States. Washington is. Uh, any part of the U.S. down there is <laughs> quite um, 
Don't quite electric to say the least uh, with all the wars so yeah i wonder if there something's holding them there or they work there you will hear that often in theaters where people <laughs> stay there i guess you know especially with actors and that because it was like a happy place for them so you'll you'll hear sometimes like now cc had what's called an a, a um oh my gosh it was right on the tip of my tongue an intelligent haunting because she could have a conversation and communicate with spirit mm -hmm. most of the time places like theaters um will find a lot of residual because the the music and the the imprint of that happy energy or that deep dark energy in that part of the play or the music or the film or whatever it is resonates and stays there so, you know, those are kind of cool, too, when you can hear the piano playing, not necessarily if you're at the Stanley Hotel, but if you hear things playing and you hear the music and sometimes you can hear opera singers in the back, that, that's most often than not, it's residual and it's really neat to experience that. But yeah, yeah it, she definitely had an intelligent haunting there. Yeah, well, at a fort, you probably would be. Like, I mean, we have the forts from War of 1812 from around here. And you can go with a recorder and you'll pick up, your, you know, voices and stuff up there. It's all residual stuff. It's nothing yeah. really intelligent. But, uh, yeah, they're around. And But uh, here's the question. I got one for you, Michelle, tonight. And this is the stone cake theory. So you know how they say uh, memory can be embedded within rock or granite or, uh, you know, the stone, whatever that building is built of. But they see the apparitions and they claim that it's within the buildings and the fabrics. How do you get rid of it? Okay. What's your theory? My theory? I don't yeah. think you can. If it's... How do you get rid of something that's on a stone? It's if it's embedded right into the fabric of that land and the stone and the materials mm -hmm. and stuff, and it's been there for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think you can try probably everything you could to try to get that. I would try anyway that I learned to get rid of it, but I I don't think you could if it didn't want to move. If it's been there that long of a time, I think you have a difficult time in trying to move it. I think anything is possible. I also know with energy, that energy can be manipulated. When you're dealing with things like stone, stone has memory, it can resonate, it can absorb, and you can go to stone, um, you know, there, there, have been, there have been experiences where you could be in, in, in a cave or a cathedral or something like that with the stone and do EVPs and actually catch imprints of things like, for example, a cathedral, you hear singing and chanting, things of that nature. Um, but I believe, again, it's just energy and energy can be worked, frequency, vibration, all of that stuff can be changed. I think with any spirit, they don't want to go, they don't go. You know, in, in, in any, I mean, you know, we've come across spirits who are like hundreds, thousands of years old. And yeah. that, that's it, we're going. And it's like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that <laughs> after all this time. Um, but I don't know. I, I I am a believer in working with energy, and I think energy can be manipulated. To, well, to one of the, one of the uh, thoughts I had is since it's stone, any kind of hard material like that is acceptable to vibration or sound. So I wonder if a person could work through sound or vibration to take well, to do that. It's funny that you say that because Tamara said, I wonder if vibrational energy would help erase the stone. I believe yeah, that I so it's too. possible. 
I think so too. You know, absolutely. Uh, Dolly, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just saw Cece come up. I'm, I'm like caught yeah. that. Dolly says we are all entities. We all live together in source. Yep. I absolutely agree. Okay. Take it. Uh, Cece says the present for its theater in Washington is not the original theater from the 19th century. The theater collapsed and there was a serious accident there in the 1890s that killed over 60 mm. people the theater that's there now is a recreation recreation sorry uh nothing is really original so i find it interesting that this event happened <clears throat> in a recreated building so if there's a ghost or something anomaly it has to do with the actual space-time continuum in the building not the building physically mm -hmm. no but it I, it's also land-based yeah um just like yeah. wars so it, it's not necessarily dimensional there's there's residual going on with wars there's intelligent Replace, hauntings like with that. wars yeah. i mean michelle and i have cleared my backyard i don't know how many damn times and it come things come in and come back i'm literally six kilometers away from headquarters for you know war of 1812 and mm. politicians and where i live I, i'm you know so close to Niagara. it's it yeah i I, the last comment that you had posted, Cece, you had written that he worked there. That's why I, I must have, I understood differently. Mm. Um, but um, accidents, yeah, you go to Chicago, you go <clears throat> by the river and that, that mm. ferry that tipped and killed hundreds of people because they all rushed to one side to look mm -hmm. at something and it tipped over and hundreds of people died. That whole dock, the whole pier is haunted. Mm -hmm. Those things are going to happen anywhere where there's tragedy. You're going to find that, mm -hmm. especially old cities like that. Mm -hmm. um, Tamara says you can change the energy of land with iron spikes. Absolutely. Iron was really big in ancient times in warding off evil. That's why sometimes people keep horseshoes over their doors. Yep. Was nice old iron. You can uh, keep away things like fairies and things that you just don't want. Yeah, you know, elementals. I get my iron out of old cemeteries because it's consecrated ground, so I like the iron out of there. Right, right. Well, you shouldn't remove anything from an old cemetery. <laughs> Bubbles is like, wow. I don't want to be clearing you again. That's all I'm saying, Brad. I don't want to be clearing I don't keep it for myself. I make sure I okay. place it on top of a Ouija board when I bury right. it four feet in the ground. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because they could be in place there for something else, and and you could be disrupting somebody else's. Um... Mm. <laughs> well, but we, I uh... wonder if uh, trains. You know, you think about how many trains have overturned in that. If way back when they did use iron railroad spikes, mm. if that helped keep, you know that mm. level of sanity around the spirit world that in that area of wherever the, the trains mm. went off the track or collided and people died. I mean, the explosion in Halifax. You can actually I hear that stuff. Uh, you can hear that stuff. I've had things like that go through some of like the communication devices doing EVPs. You hear the, the, yeah. the trains coming to a screeching halt. and So like, then the iron spikes aren't doing anything then if you hear it. <laughs> Yeah, I that's don't know. what my it's question was. Like, I wonder if it does anything to that because that's a lot of iron spikes in one area. Yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I Unless it's residual, were the tracks iron at one time as well? Yeah, I would imagine so. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they would have been. Yeah. We yeah, we did a we did a train station last fall there at McAdam, and uh, that's got tracks running on both sides of it, and I mean close. Um, yeah. That place was just as active as anything. I I never seen a train station so paramountly active as that was. Um, we had a busy spot, but uh, come back to the scariest thing. Uh, we just teamed up with Murder of Crows. We amalgamated last fall, um, the two teams. So Jeff Tucker, a friend of mine, uh, he was just out there the other weekend. He went to an old wilderness burial ground in St. John. Um, while he was there, he felt like he was getting watched behind him. He turned around and he seen this black thing just bolt from behind him. My my theory of that was it's probably like a, a I learned from an old priest and stuff out that when I was out in Saskatchewan, most cemeteries when they're when they're started and consecrated by the church, they're also appointed a guardian of that cemetery. Um, I ran into one out in Saskatchewan, and the thing was on horseback. He was all in black. And he chased us out of the cemetery. That's my first and only cemetery I ever did, and I'll never do another one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this thing chased us. Um, wow. But, yeah, so to me, I think that's kind of what he got a glimpse of. I don't know if you, you guys have any experience with cemeteries or a guardian of a cemetery, what it could be. I've only heard of, like, a gatekeeper. We had a guest on that said that once. Remember, mm. Michelle? I don't remember the whole story to that. You have a better memory than I do. Uh, Something so about, but I think it's a culture <laughs> thing too. Though. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's um, it, everyone. I think it's a culture thing because it was the first time I ever heard of it. And I thought, well, this is bizarre because I know Roman Catholics have like saints and stuff like that, that they, whatever, you know, in their faith. Cause I grew up that way. I don't know anyone else's faith. Um, I know with um, the Italian culture how that works because I am Italian, but I, I've heard of gatekeepers where you have to ask for permission mm -hmm. to come in and communicate or bring anything forward or they will push you out. So I wonder, I can't remember. I have to look into that more. Yeah, I don't recall that. <clears throat> yeah, it was the first it. time I ever heard of it and I went, what? Mm. Are you kidding me it could be why i've had some really crappy experiences in cemeteries maybe they did have gatekeepers and i wasn't aware but i would like to think that i'd be able to see that yeah, well I'll you probably wouldn't see that it's not like they're gonna stand there and open the gate and say come on in <laughs> no but yeah. i mean being a medium they are spiritual beings it is something that i would be able to see mm. so i don't yeah. understand how you know <clears throat> i don't yeah. know um shannon says why do so many investigations involve something to do with the railroad uh I don't know. I think it's. I would say tragedies. Yeah, I think it's. 50, oh, I say 50 50. I think there's you know, a lot of experiences with many things. Well, a lot of things with ships. Another, ships and. You could fly over the Titanic and pick up EVPs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many stories have we heard about the little children with the hands on the power pushing the bus across a railway track or pushing a car across a railway track? There's a story in Texas, there's a story in Burlington. I've heard that story so many times. Yeah. You know, so it just it just kind of makes you makes you wonder. You know, I know the one in Burlington, um, it was actually magnetic. It's called Magnetic Hill. There's magnetics under the ground. So it's just like, I don't know, is it? You can do the experiment. It's just it's just one more tale, but this story goes everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that it's down in Moncton. It's called Magnetic See, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Well, it's going to be all over the place, right? Like, whatever, right? So. It's in That's the earth, right. so yeah. wherever it is, it's going to create something. It's right. everything's right. energy. And your vehicle's made out of metal, so it's, you know, it's anything negative, then it's going to pull on it, so. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Tucker, hi, Jeff, says railroads also conduct EMF. Yeah. Mm. There we go. Shannon says, thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Cece says, people have reported seeing ghosts at Titanic artifact yes. exhibitions. Yeah, yes, those are absolutely. attachments to the artifacts. Absolutely. absolutely. Especially if they're personal absolutely. items, you'll find that. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. And then the imprints of energy and the residual comes into effect with the Titanic and any tragedy with artifacts as well. <clears throat> you know? I know with King, to- King Tut's when his exhibition came to Toronto, I was a small child and I can tell you, I couldn't go through the exhibition and I, I didn't know I was why. In Egypt or yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, really I remember bad. being really afraid of it as a child yeah. and asking the teacher if I could stay away because I was so scared. Now going to school, Toronto public school system, we had a lot of trips, really good trips like that for mm-hmm. history. Um, but I was so scared where now I'd embrace it. But mm-hmm. I was, as a child, I was petrified and I was the only one who didn't want to go through. Mm-hmm. So now I know why. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I didn't know. And I wonder how many kids who go through museums feel that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, it's a location I'm looking at for the summers in uh, Nova Scotia. I know Michelle loves Nova Scotia and it's all part of her heritage and Templars and all that down there, but there's a, there's a particular restaurant I'm going to look at going into. It's called the Five Fishermen's Restaurant. I, yeah. and, oh, uh, I think they've been on the yeah. Food Channel, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they got more in food. Um, that yeah. building originally was a morgue, and it held the victims of 532 or 34 victims of the Titanic. Oh, wow. I did see that, and it wasn't on the food. I did see that story. Mm-hmm. A lot of places were turned into morgues because of that, because the bodies floating up yep. on the shore. Yeah. Is that, well, that, that happened right they next to the Yeah. Wow. Like trolleys yeah. and things like that, weren't they? Ooh, you have to come Sometimes. on and show us, like, pictures <laughs> and stuff, because that's no, so you exciting. Can, you have to come. <laughs> I know. I can go anywhere now, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that's like exciting. exciting. I'm so jealous. So well, the, the Titanic Museum is right there down, not too far from it either. And they got yeah. like little kid shoes and stuff there and everything at the museum. And so, oh, yeah, that's one of the projects I'm working a on. Lot of, a lot of unnamed un, um, tombs. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They got one of the biggest Titanic cemeteries right there. So, right. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. We want to hear all about that one. That'll Absolutely. be good. Absolutely. But, Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. And, no problem. Um, you know, you. we'll have to we'll have to do it again sometime. And commit yeah, to yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, we're got a lot in the process coming up there this year. It's going to be a whole exciting new year for us coming up, and uh, you never yes. know where you may see us at. <laughs> oh, I can't oh, wait for watching. that one, Brad. That's it. We're always watching. Share, share, share. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly words you'll be using watching Michelle. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> you have yourself a good evening. <laughs> you too. You guys, Thanks. ladies, Thanks. have a great night. And uh, we'll chat you. with you soon. All Thank right. you, Brad. Have a good night.
Thank Have a great you. Night. Good night, everyone. Oh, that is so exciting. I'm so jealous right now. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. I love it. It's a great place. Oh, okay, let's keep on going before we do our station ID. Do you want me to read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tamara's ahead of us. She's already got the coffee cups on the screen. <laughs> um, Cece says, work associates whose mother and herself went to Egypt and went to King Tut's tomb. The mother took a flake of the pastor, plaster off the wall near his sarcophagus. She was going to keep it as a souvenir until they got home and the mother became deathly sick and became ill with cancer. This was totally undiagnosed and there was no cancer in the family. She and her daughter immediately got back on a flight and went back to the Valley of the Kings, put the souvenir, so-called souvenir, back to the tomb. Mm -hmm. She came and then we're waiting for the other part and I'm <clears> guessing <throat> she's yeah, better. I uh, we I asked about that when I was in Egypt, and it's funny because the older generation would say, "Yes, you have to be aware of the curse." The younger generation, not so much. But I've heard this many times: the same sort of idea throughout different parts of the world, different situations. Yeah, yeah. And Wayne says, uh, "When I was there, I picked up on a man that was stealing the jewelry from the victims, which made it harder to ID the victims." I believe that. Mm -hmm. a lot, I believe a lot of them um, were not identified because of that. And especially with the ones that were former Navy that had their tags, their tags were taken because mm -hmm. that's how they were able to identify some. So they knew they were wearing them. What yeah, a tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. What absolutely. a tragedy. Not well, guys, people. this is the first one in three months for me. <laughs> <laughs> would you like me to do the id station id now yes i think it'd be a good time why not okay you are listening to the outer realm with michelle de roche and amelia pisano we're coming to you live from the beautiful city of new orleans on 107.7 fm as well as 105.3 fm tonight we have all of you in the house this is a q a and we were just listening to bradley monks and his situation his stories that he had to tell us about what was the scariest thing that ever happened Thank you all in chat for sharing your stories with us as well. And remember, there's still time to come on and tell your story. Just follow <coughs> the um, ticker at the bottom of the show where it says the outer round contact at gmail.com. And uh, Michelle can send you a link and you can come on the show. There's still time. Stream or listen to our archives on the platform you normally use. We'd like to give a shout out. I haven't said this in two months and I just want to say Thank you, Folgers, for fully sponsoring our show from day one. Michelle and I love you, and we thank you so much. Also, big shout-out and huge thank you for our outro and intro to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award-winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp and find him on Facebook and Instagram. Speaking of which, if you're there, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are, where there is a like and you can follow, please do that. Thank you and so much for go. tuning in. Wow, oh, and we're back. Just I couldn't see myself on the screen because I had one on. I know. Wow. Well, that, that's that's. Um, there's a lot of really interesting comments that have been coming in. Um, Wayne actually adds a part two to his comment. Oh, great. Uh, Wayne says he was a tall man, long white beard. He was the same man responsible for grabbing women in the women's <clears throat> washroom at that restaurant. Wow. Uh, da, da, da. 
See, that place is like, I've seen it even on the Food Channel. Isn't that crazy? Um, With the Food, the Haunted Food Channel? <laughs> no, it's just sometimes like it'll come up because there's a guy, there's a Canadian guy that goes like a kind of like a Guy Fieri in the States who goes mm -hmm. to different places all over Canada and um, talks about the, the dining experiences there. And I believe he was there for one of them. He's, he's yeah, done quite a few. He he used to be, our kids would remember him. His name is John Cattucci because he used to be on the children's shows that they watched as children. So it's hard for me to watch him, although I love his sense of humor. It's hard for me to watch him because I can still see him like the ABCs kind of thing, right? That's funny. I mean, just sucking <laughs> on like throat lozenges. I'm dying. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you never even told me you weren't feeling well yesterday when I talked to you. Well, it just came on last night. Ah, because you're you're burnt out. You're burnt out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, moving tired. will do that to you. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> I like, I think, you know, Bradley made some interesting points. A lot of people have made some interesting points. Um, I think we lost, <laughs> we, we lost somebody in chat, you know, we, <clears throat> due into a, a political comment i really want to be clear that we don't talk about politics oh no no sure. she yeah, comes and don't. goes she comes and goes okay yeah we, yeah. we just we don't she wouldn't get offended by something like that that's why i made a joke of it yeah um yeah we do not um mm -mm. share our political opinions at all um mm -mm. And, and even if you see a reel or something or a post on my stuff i'm not sharing my opinion i'm just sharing that mm. article or whatever um mm. i don't believe in it i think it creates big deep issues unnecessary friction if absolutely and and you know with the way the world's going today you really can't speak on behalf i don't believe any political party really is holding up their side of the deal but anyways mm. meaning like we they're not right really there. who they were yeah. before yeah we'll right there yeah um, we've been talking about a lot of really scary experiences what about really amazing experiences something that just stayed with you something like really the door being awesome. open for me when i had to move a case of water <laughs> there we go. i think that's a big deal <laughs> there we go because <laughs> um, everything's always scary you know and i think like media promotes scary and yeah and, and yeah. That, that seems to be a thing i think they should do a show on like really amazing experiences where people have good experiences it's kind of like extraterrestrial somebody had people have really bad experiences and other people have really phenomenal experiences it's the same thing i think with <clears throat> the paranormal i've had like amazing yeah. experiences absolutely i've had some really amazing experiences with the divine <clears throat> um i don't talk about it too often because i think people tend to and i think it's a mistake i think it comes from um learning and growing up in whatever family and, and religion, not necessarily is the divine always or should be connected to religion. Mm -hmm. You know, it all depends on the perspective that you hold and how you see them. Right. Um, I've had many experiences with them. And I think we're always, we, we are quite frightened to, to talk about it, thinking that I, I think it's easier to talk about the negative. Like you said, it's easier for people to believe there's a demon in their house than to believe that they're projecting this energy. The same thing comes with the, the divine. They think, oh, I'm going to be labeled as crazy. But if I talk about a demonic haunting, then, hey, I fit right in. I've had both experiences. And I can tell you the divine is very real. And 
ever present. And like Michelle said earlier, you really just have to ask. That's an invitation you can extend. Mm -hmm. And you will know instantly Mm -hmm. that it's real. It's not something you're going to second guess, but a demonic or a negative entity, you will always be second guessing. Well, I have to tell you, like when my kids were little, one of them, I have two really phenomenal experiences. And with two, like with both with my youngest, who are, yeah. you know, about oh, nine months and three weeks apart. Don't ask, I won't tell. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm going to leave that right there. Anyway, no, one was one thoroughly, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, one time when my youngest was just a little, just, you know, baby, old enough to be sleeping by himself. So I would say probably about six months old. Um, <clears throat> I always did this thing. You know, because I mean, you have to understand, my baby is like going to be 29. <laughs> okay. I don't believe. My baby's going to be 29. So, you know, I would always say things, put it out to the universe or, you know, angels, or, you know, just to watch over. You know, I always say, you know, you might do a better job of, of knowing something's going on than I do. So one night I could hear like something just woke me up. Like I just felt this hand on me. And I could hear in the baby monitor, there was just this muffled sound. And when I went in to the room, his blanket was wrapped around his head somehow. And even though, like, you know, it's breathable, baby blankets, you know, yeah. he was still really panicked. So that was one. And then another one came, again, like months later, maybe even a year later, where my other son, he would sleepwalk. And I would keep a gate. You know, at at uh, well, I put a gate at the end of the, at, at the top of the stairs. After that, you know, just clip one of those suckers on. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. But I had he was he was sleepwalking one night. I didn't know. You know, he opened his door, walked through. He was probably about three, and something whispered in my ear very loudly. Went like this, and I had a hand on the back of my up between my shoulder blades sat me up in bed because I remember jerking like this and going what the heck was that I wasn't in the paranormal then and I was put I was that makes it harder to swallow yeah right (laughs) so I looked and I could see something in the hallway it was dark and I realized my son was heading towards the stairs but he never came out of his room I mean he was a solid sleeper I mean if that child you know slept walk five times in his entire life you know I would be surprised so, you know, I went and, and I'm like, <laughs> turned him around, brought him back to his room. And from that point on, you know, I just, we just had uh, somebody come in and professionally child-proof the house. But obviously my efforts, you know, with child number two have been too long at the time. Yeah. So I, I truly believe that there's, there's definitely, um, there's definitely something there. There's somebody, something, someone there is something that keeps an eye on you. And I think if you put it out there, you will definitely get that assistance. I believe so. I remember telling you I was cleaning my chandelier and I was standing on my bed, mm-hmm. but I still, I don't, I still feel it was my brother though. Um, and right, I was right. cleaning the yeah. chandelier. It's a brass chandelier. And the only way I could reach it is if I was standing on my bed. So um, I, stood up and I all of a sudden because stupid me is holding on to the chandelier. Well, chandelier swing. Well, I started to fall and I would have broken my neck at the end of the bed at that point. And I felt something push me back on my feet. 
I dove forward and I just I believe it, I believe a lot of it has to do with I wasn't I didn't have any children yet mm-hmm. you know oh no no I had Severina what am I talking about my brother had passed away but I mm-hmm. believe that a lot of it had to do with whatever you know your your presence with your child or some people they're saved before having children like my dad my dad went down an elevator shaft. He went down eight or nine floors. The day before, he had bought a tool belt and he couldn't afford a real leather one. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to get a real leather one because the vinyl ones, the plastic, they break so easily. Had he bought that plastic one, I would mm-hmm. not be here speaking to you right now. Right. And he would have passed away Right. That's at, at 39 years old. Because, yeah. you know, it wasn't safety on construction sites. <clears throat> it wasn't what it is now. Mm-hmm. So right. anyways, but yeah, see, there's some really good stories. Um, mm-hmm. And you always see how many videos you see where angels are just swooping in. Something of light swoops in and moves somebody from an accident. Mm-hmm. We see that all the, time. all the time. I love those. Don't tell me they're fake. I love them. Yes. I need yes. to believe. Okay. Right. So <laughs> says, I have heard angelic singing at a very low point of my life. I was somewhere out in the country and no theaters or music venues around. That's a special, special, special that is, story. That is, absolutely is. Yeah, beautiful. Um, <clears throat> he says, I had an experience that was quite incredible again. This was with my sister and mother in a museum in New England. You guys frequent museums. I like this. It was bringing a negative and perhaps even, I don't know what, you meant by tomorrow energy it was there in three dimension again and i think it could have been a shape oh no why did that happen shapeshifter anyway i actually was able to touch it by the way this is a great show thank you, <laughs> thank you. glad you're enjoying you Apparently, were able to touch it wow <clears throat> a lot of people like these type of shows so we we've committed to once a month of just a q a <laughs> so yeah look forward to that one guys the next one, by the way, mark your calendars, will be March. Nope. Yeah, March 30th. Ah, cool. That's it. That's it's my birthday one. month. My birthday month. There we go. So <laughs> mark my your calendars. Month. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I've heard so many people, um, you know, tell unbelievable stories. I remember reading in a magazine one time, there was... It was it was an angel magazine, actually. And I just mm-hmm. remember I was sitting in the doctor's office. I picked it up and I started perusing through it. And there are <laughs> unbelievable amounts of stories. One was um, a, a Jewish lady. And she was there with her younger brother. And they were in, an, in a camp, a concentration camp. And they were holding on to, I guess, you know, the, the, their Bible right? And they had a guard going by. And he was checking everybody and taking things. And he stopped right at her. And she kept saying, oh, you know, like she was calling to, to somebody, someone for protection, right? And um, he just looked at her and, and stared at her for a moment and then just, just totally just compelled and just kept moving and did not, you know, because like they were, they were basically taking Things from people and they were shooting yeah which is, it was sad so, in itself oh so God. you know she just kept saying please don't see me don't see me and he just kept looking it was just like this look of bewilderment that's you crazy know? 
And then there's, there was this other story I read about people, you know, soldiers in battle, how they were completely outnumbered and how, you know, the opposition came towards them and completely backed off in fear. And there was just a small regiment and, you know, they're looking around, well, what's going on? And after See. the fact, they had spoken to someone from the other side because they all got rallied up and, and taken, you know, as prisoners. And they said, if you didn't see the army, your army was up on an embankment, up on a hill. There was none. There was nobody. So Amazing, just, isn't it? It is. Just, things like that just make me feel like, you know, it just, just sends shivers up my spine it because does. we live in a pretty amazing universe, pretty mm-hmm. amazing world. And there's things out there that are just people, right. you know, call it whatever you want. But it's there's cool. something out there that's pretty amazing, pretty powerful. That's a great story. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting in a doctor's office. It was just like glued to this thing, you know? I'm like, yeah. wow. I love stories like that. I can listen to that forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think about all the, I mean, I don't want to go into the Holocaust as if I know what <clears> anything <throat> has to do with it because mm-hmm. I don't. And I, it's so traumatizing mm-hmm. um, for anyone. Um, but to be respectful that that whole negative energy that was there and that was fueling mm-hmm. this monster mm-hmm. for her to find even a glimmer mm-hmm. of peace or hope in that moment, just mm-hmm. really attests to her, her faith. Oh, it does. It's amazing. Think, yeah. I, I beautiful. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, again, the stories are just endless, yeah. endless. You know, <clears throat> there was another story where a vehicle had fallen on on a child and the mother was trying to lift it and she couldn't, she couldn't lift the car off of her, her young child. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she was, was this big, beautiful, big, strong man who just lifted the car and she pulled her son out right? and he lowered oh, the car God. and she looked for this man. He's just gone in thin air. It's like... You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just like, what the heck? Right? <clears throat> yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. It was, it was a great story. <laughs> it was a Angel great story. Mom seen in World War One. I. I don't know that story. Um, no. Zach says, the closest experience I've had to seeing an angel was seeing a large white orb coming out of my parents' room when I was 16. The door opened and closed on its own. When I went to investigate, my parents were asleep and the door was locked from the inside. Well, something obviously wanted you to see it. I do believe that if you're seeing it, there's a reason for it, especially in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, That's amazing. I love this. Tamara says, it amazes me how often angels walk amongst us and help people. Didn't you love those shows, like all those angel shows growing up on TV when you were a kid? I did. Mm-hmm. What was the one with Michael Landon? Something Highway? Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. Yeah. That was always such a beautiful, I miss mm-hmm. things like that. I, I think we're so crude in our television now, but I miss those kind of shows and, and the ones with the angels where they um, came and they they became uh, part of, they, they interacted with humans and they be, they came in to help. I love that. I love that part of Angels in Charmed, the original Charmed. I don't mm-hmm. like the second one. 
No. Don't remake classics, people, please. <laughs> like, seriously, Charmed was a classic for its time, and it was groundbreaking mm -hmm. at the time, even though it doesn't feel that way now with all the paranormal mm -hmm. shows. But in Michelle and I, our day, that show was everything. Yeah. yeah and the yeah. only thing, the only thing out there. And it had a lot of truth <clears> to <throat> it before Supernatural, which, of course, we have to agree is like we all have to agree is the damn holy grail right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I says, I have walked into one, but couldn't see it. And I feel like you probably walk through them a lot mm -hmm. and, and don't know. Kenny Blackburn. Hi, Kenny says, I've been to Waverly Sanatorium. It's my favorite location. I have yet to go. Seen stuff that was unbelievable, was grabbed, hugged, and seen ghostly images. What you can't see, Kenny, is that my office is just loaded with images of Waverly it is on the bucket list um, more because I want to help people cross than anything. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. That was um, one hell of a <clears throat> place. Sadly, there was many like that back then. I wonder how many angels were there. Think about mm -hmm. that. That must have been a busy highway to heaven. I think you have to have balance. I think places like sanatoriums i think you have to ask yourself if people are left behind are they there because they're still in a confused state are they there because there's something holding them hostage let's face it i mean these are the type of individuals that would have a bullseye on their back easy to manipulate how many people went in there not of sound mind they're not of their their own free will and then you end up with something you know you, you just throw in a murderer who basically pleads insanity goes in there and then completely abuses and takes control over, over the area. And that's not even talking yeah. about staff and experiments and doctors. I mean, this place was a breeding. Well, Waverly was also an orphanage as well mm -hmm. as a sanatorium, a hospital and a that's prison. Right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that, that quite, that is quite a bit of, uh, that mm -hmm. is quite a bit of mixed energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So who knows? I think if you can reach out and find even a glimmer of positive out of a situation like that, you know, if that theory is correct and we all have guides, which I believe we do, we all have guardian angels, which I believe we do, you know, some of us may have more than others because we're just, we just don't listen apparently. And, uh, and you know, mine's drinking, right? Mine's probably wrapping his head against the wall. Oh, why are you listening yeah. to me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're wrapping your head against the wall, feeling it. Um, you know, if that's the case, it really is a, a point of of <clears throat> just being aware, paying attention. How many experiences are are going unnoticed? Sometimes it's little things. You know, for I remember an experience. I was I was I think it was like one of the big. I want to say like warehouse type of stores. Okay. I don't want to just say, and just like giving a free for all for all those places. But um, <clears throat> I, I remember I was leaning down to look at something and everything is on crates and they're all in these big, right? Yeah. And I started to bend down like this and I felt something here and I went down and I couldn't go any further. Well, when I looked, there was a big wooden sliver, like a spike about that big, like a big wood one, just because out of the, the, uh, what do they call those skids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have got it right. I would have. I was yep. right at eye level with it. So something Ooh. hit me here, and I was like, and then I, I yeah. looked. I'm just like, Stopped like something you. so 
you know, it's nothing, it's nothing glamorous. It was nothing like, I mean, I think it was pretty damn miraculous because I saw, you know, I didn't get hurt. Oh, it's amazing. I know. I just, you know, it's just little things. How much do we not pay attention to? Yeah. Stacey says that is an excellent point from my research experience there for, she's referring to her experience with museums. They were being held there and it's sad. Yeah, it is very, very sad. Tamara, that is so funny. My guardian angel probably thinks I'm Winnie the Pooh. My British mind went for a smoke break and a drink. I I think guides are important too. I I believe that some people look at guides as a guide and some people see them as as guardian angels, whatever Mm -hmm. you you may Mm -hmm. feel. Um, and I know from my experience, they, they change over your lifetime. They're not always the same one. I do have one that I've had, I feel like w- with me throughout time and time again, mm. but I do feel the, you know, I can feel the difference in energy and know that it's someone different at different times in my life. I can right. see that as well when I look back, mm-hmm. but it's That's just about connecting. Why do, you, why do you think they change? If you think that they, they um, change. I feel like some souls that become guides, it's it's part of what they do after they've lived on the earth and had their whatever several life experiences and are able to guide you, mm-hmm. guide you in maybe what was something that they had a great deal of experience in so that mm-hmm. they do pick up and see and can foresee all of it and mm-hmm. assist you in maybe perhaps living <laughs> instead right. of, you know, cracking your head open or Mm. you know, having a stake driven through you. I think they can foresee <laughs> things because perhaps they lived it in their lifetimes. <clears throat> and I believe right. guides have lived, this is my opinion and my feeling. Mm-hmm. This isn't something you read about or anything. In my experience, my guides have lived several lifetimes and they have all lived on the earth mm-hmm. at one time. They were all human beings at one time. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think they could guide you if they didn't have that life experience. I know. Apparently I have had a few guides also. One of them apparently was never, never lived here. Yeah. And, well, they and live on I could tell planet. you there's no sense yeah. of humor. Oh, you know, cause I'll, I'll make a funny, you know, when, when a medium is communicating with me. Oh, there is no sense of humor with guides. Ooh, I've never new, seen a new, sense new. of humor. I was just like, wow. I've been okay. reprimanded a lot, but not, yeah. um, and it's not, it's not all bad, but there's, there's, it's not all good. Sorry. People think, oh, my guide gets this or that. I've been reprimanded for not listening. I'm telling you, you don't listen. Yes, I do. No, you don't listen. No, you don't. No, you're right. I don't listen. <laughs> I don't. But here's another spin on things. Um, there's also a very strong belief that when we are at rest, like, or asleep, um, the body doesn't just sit, like the spirit doesn't sit in the body that's at rest. It can no. go on, just like people in comas uh, have come back and reported that they have gone all kinds, they've done all kinds of things. So it's believed that we work, you know, or we go home when the car's in the garage, we go home, or maybe we work. You ever wake up sometimes and you just feel exhausted and you're thinking, gosh, I shouldn't be so bloody tired. <laughs> I gotta wake up, I'm tired from the inside out. Well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of spiritual people. There's a lot of mediums. Um, there's a lot of people in general who believe that we work. We help cross people over. We help guide people. 
Because if this is a dimensional thing and we can communicate or travel between dimensions, especially when we're back in our energy form, why not? I, I agree. 100%. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just another, it's just another, another perception, right? Yeah, Dolly says, my guys have lived all over the universe, so do we, lifetimes more than you know. I agree. I believe that the guides that we are given are given for the particular life we are living. So if you right. have a very much strong ET connection, you will have, you know, um, guides from, guides aren't necessarily like what I have. I can speak only on my experience that mm -hmm. my guides have had human lives because of the work that I do. That's what I need, especially when I'm working with missing and, right. and cold cases. So believe it or not, I do have guides that come to me when it comes to law enforcement and that kind mm -hmm. of field, because how would I know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I do believe that some people have alien guides if they, if they constantly Absolutely. have, especially if you're a contactee, you're going yeah. to have that guide. I, I um, it just makes total sense. Yeah. And Dolly agrees. That's what is important for your needs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. And CC says, question for both of you. Do you think you have ESP abilities, et cetera? I'm going to let Michelle answer that. Oh, I think you should. You're the, you're the viewer. This might be interesting for you. Uh, yeah. I don't know how not to be one. Mm. Um, I don't know how to explain it because I don't know how people learn to remote view when they take these classes. I know there's proven abilities, but I don't know how not to be that way. It's just, it's yeah. my everyday life. So I don't, I don't even know how to understand. I believe that everybody has an ability. Yeah. And I believe that we all use it differently. Just like not everyone can be a dentist. Not everyone can be a medium or a psychic or an intuitive or an empath or it's mm -hmm. me. In it, and life experiences mold you as well. Mm -hmm. So they can either make you stronger or deter you from moving down that path. So that's a loaded, 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 really good question, but like a loaded one. I believe everybody can see. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Dolly says natural innate ability. Wayne says, I think we all have a sixth sense. Some are just better at it than others. I think some just practice it. You know, uh, my guys face palm a lot. Ah, mine too, Wayne. <laughs> and Tamara makes a great point. Your abilities change as well over the years. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. They do. You either evolve or you practice something different. Mm -hmm. You know, I never thought I'd be working on this side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. It can be inherited. Yes. My mother's side of the family as well, Cece. Yep. Yeah. And just recently I'm understanding that my father was probably gifted when I start looking at that. Um, but so yeah. I don't talk about it for sure. My father refused to talk about it yet. You know, I found out after the death of my grandparents and my father went into assisted living, my father would occasionally talk about all these unbelievable experiences he had. And I'm just like, you never talked about that. It always made me feel silly right. for, for being that I mean, way. Goes, it just, it's you. just something that I, he, he had a hard time yeah. getting his head around. He was very he was logical. Afraid My mother's side was all like woo woo all over the place. A lot of <laughs> mediums, you know, and and it was encouraged in us. I mean, they had you know like a family member who was a seventh son of a seventh son of a seventh son. Like it was just it you know it was just a lot wow. of that. That, that was stuff. a great film. Yeah, it was. In, we had one of those in our family. That right? was a great movie to understand that. Yeah, 
And my dad was just like, no. But as, as I got older, then all of a sudden he just started spewing out all this stuff. And I'm just like, this is all these years. And he goes, oh yeah, I've seen all that stuff. I'm just like, and it turns out that his mother and his father were both highly sensitive. See, I think he was afraid. But if you ask my dad, I was like, well, how's this selling? No, it's not. I think your father was afraid for you because of your strength and your curiosity, and he knew you wouldn't leave it. I no, think yeah. that's what it was. It was Just co- trying to cope, trying to cope with it and understand it. Men are, you know, they're they're especially his generation. You're there to protect your family. You're there to make sure they're safe. He probably felt like he couldn't keep you safe, and that's why he tried to deter you the other way. Just right. a parent thing. Just a guess, not a oh, psychic. believe you me, man, with my PK abilities. Yeah. <laughs> I had the whole house on tilt, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just um, it's just something that it, it comes down to not discouraging your kids. I, I can't say it enough. Don't lead them, but don't discourage them because it really is like going through life blind. If you have that ability how however little or however big it doesn't matter just, just it's amazing to have it really is like going through life blind and believe me going through this life we need all the help we can get so when when i saw something my mother would take up photographs not say anything just leave them down there and i would kind of go oh i know this person right here she didn't leave me she just left the pictures out. I mean, families that I've worked with over the years, children being made to feel silly. You have an imaginary friend. Don't be stupid. People are going to think you're stupid. No one's going to want to be your friend. And then something happens, and that child certainly can't go to their parents and say, hey, I'm being tormented. Something is scaring me because I'm stupid for talking about it. Do you see I'm what crazy. I'm saying? Like, there's just yeah. – it's not always really – an understanding way of of dealing with it. Some some people aren't very um, not very uh, gracious in their speech when they're when they're explaining things. You know, they really it stays. You know, it stays. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tamara says, "Make the paranormal normal for your kids." That should be a banner. Mm-hmm. And Cece says it's a gift. It is. It's it's yeah. Cece yeah. said, my grandmother was amazing. At her funeral, a flock of crows landed on her coffin. That's that. beautiful. Yeah, I do. I think it's awesome. I think tonight was a really great Q&A. And yeah. um, I like some of you, you know, people who like to say, oh, I'll come on and talk about experience. I'm like, you that. Trinity, nobody wants to come on and talk about Apparently it. Not. Bradley Wait. took one for the whole dang team. Let me tell you what. <laughs> and see, he survived. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> so, you know, come on. We'll do this again sometime and we'll all pick a topic and we'll, we'll you know, you see, the we kept the email going throughout the whole show. And um, we're going to actually switch it up to, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Now I'm going to give you the guilt message. So <laughs> <laughs> I am, right? So, funny. Oh my but, gosh. But of course it is the end of a segment and we, we do have to, uh, we do have to bring it to a close, unfortunately. But um, again, if you guys enjoy what, what you, 
you know, enjoy what we do. You enjoy the guests. You enjoy the Q and A's. Again, you know, like, subscribe, follow, whatever the case may be. We really do appreciate all the support that we get, and we do our best to work very hard for you all. But we are at the end of the segment, and we want to just thank everybody in chat for participating. It was a lot of fun. Big thank you to Bradley for just coming out there and taking it for everybody else. Thank you, Bradley. And uh, always has an open open door policy with Bradley. He has been on the show before. Go check out his archive. It did super well. It was a great, great segment. Uh, big thank you, of course, to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring our show and a big thank you to Justin Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, uh, for his uh, gift of his voice, his music, for our intro and outro. Big thank you to Steve McGinnis, who is, of course, the creativity behind our banners. If you guys would like to see, um, you know, you guys would like to, to, to see somebody in specific or have a topic, just email us at theouterrealmcontact at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group page, click the email button. Can't be much easier than that. Um, tomorrow night, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit strange because, you know, we were kind of wondering, I thought maybe our guest is gone AWOL, but it's like, no, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. So we might actually do something a little bit different because, um, I mean, Brad Olson, of course, part two of his book, um, you know, Beyond Esoteric, Escaping the Prison Planet um, is definitely going to be on the docket. But we're bringing Joe Montaldo on as well. And we are going to be talking, and maybe we'll bring it up at the top of the hour, but we're going to be talking about all of these crazy things that are being seen in the sky. Is it PSYOPs? You know, we know it's not extraterrestrials because Pentagon's like, oh, yeah, what, is threshold, what is it? Why is it so much? What's going on? So I think it would be nice to get Brad and Joe interacting on that at the top of the hour. So I think we're just going to kind of, you know, give it a little bit of a mix. I'm going to feel it out. But I can tell you one way or another, it's going to be one hell of a show. Absolutely. So you don't want to miss it. So in the meantime, have yourselves a good evening, and we shall see you all tomorrow night. Thanks to everybody in chat. And thank you, uh, Bradley. Good night. <laughs>